All right, everybody, welcome to episode six of Conversation with a Cancer. I am your cancer, and today I have another wonderful guest, someone I haven't seen in quite some time, but we have communicated and seem like we're back in communication graces. Um, I don't know if that's a, a phrase or not, but I just said it anyway. Um, this, this is a, a good friend, someone I've known, ooh, I want to say about 14 years, maybe? No longer than that. I think since 2007, I think, or 2008, one of the two. So it's either 13 or 12 years, something like that. But longer, another, longer than that? 2006. 2006. Okay. So it is 14 years. So this is another strong, beautiful black woman, hilarious, um, very blunt, um, very poetic, great mother, wonderful friend. And uh, just, I want to introduce everybody to Chantel. Chantel, say hello. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How you doing? I'm all right. You know, I'm, I'm a black man in America still eating chicken, so I can't complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't taken that from you. Right, just right. So. They can't take that away from me. I'm kicking and screaming about that. But so right off the back, how are you? I am, you know, just trying to navigate these, these COVID waters. Um, trying to stay safe, trying to keep everybody else safe, you know. So That's it. basically with these COVID waters, how are you and your family doing with this pandemic? So um, initially, like right at the beginning, um, when it started to kind of sweep across the country, I had heard about, you know, people getting sick. And I actually remember as far back as like this time last year, like people kind of making comments like, hey, there's this like new strain of the flu, like be careful, you know, you know, you know, your safety precautions and measures. And then around, I want to say the end of January, my daughter's out in California. So she called and she was like, hey, ma, like people are getting sick, like people are panicking, like, so just be careful. So around like the middle of March, in Ohio, of course, you know, we started getting that news like, hey, we, you know, this thing is, is more serious than we thought. We might have to shut, you know, some stuff down. March 24th, 2020, I was COVID positive. Mm. The day my job shut down was the day that I went home sick. Wow. I was sick, like with fever for like 21 days before it broke and before I, you know, could stop hacking up along and get some sleep and start to eat. Um, so it was a really, really long healing process for me. And still now with like more information coming out about like long-term effects of it, like I had noticed some of it, but I just wasn't attributing it to being COVID or having had COVID. Um, so like hair was falling out. Thank thankfully it's you know still holding on. But yeah, like, you know, hair was falling out. That brain fog, like I know we talk about like preg pregnancy brain, but like that brain fog, like just really forgetting a lot of stuff. I'm like stuff I know I should remember. Um, so and then intermittent, you know, uh aches and pains and like with the weather keep changing back and forth, like I now have an inhaler, which I didn't have before. Wow. So I have to be mindful of these things that I, you know, weren't part of my routine before COVID 
to be mindful that that might be a routine for me now. So like, I always have an inhaler on hand. So, you know, the coughing and the wheezing, like I don't easily recognize because I'm like, I ain't never had asthma before. So I don't really know what to look for. But then it'd be like, dang, get your inhaler and see if you can breathe better. See if you can stop this dry hacking cough. And sure enough, like as soon as I take my hits, then I'm back. Wow. I remember you telling me right you had- and not coughing up a lung. So it's real. I remember you telling me you had yeah. it, but I don't remember you telling me you had it for 21. But then again, <laughs> you did tell me. And then I didn't keep checking up on you after you told me you had it. So that's a long time to have anything. I don't care what it is. So, man, COVID definitely impacted your life and changed the way you just move, period. Like, your normality yeah. is... I was, like, terrified, you know what I'm saying? Like, people were so, you know, just cavalier. People are still just very cavalier, mm-hmm. you know, about it. And even to some degrees, my husband, because he was like, I feel like I had it already, so I'm good. Because he was, he was really sick, like, the end of December. But I was, just, you know, again, everybody's like, it's an upper respiratory infection. So now we're coming back around. I was like, I don't want to be around people. I'm especially not being around people without no mask. Like, y'all crazy. I'm not hugging you. You know what I'm saying? And all these things I do, but I still was like, I'm not comfortable, like, in people's spaces. And then, like, my mom, like, would not let me come visit, like, for, like, five months. I think it was, like, maybe September into August before she let me come visit again. Because she was like, we don't know nothing about this disease. We don't know how long you could still be, you know, a carrier. Mm-hmm. You could get sick again. So it was just so many unknowns that just disrupted life periods. So I'm like, I'm in Columbus. It's just me. And my husband and my son, like, I don't know nobody down here. So it was, it was it's been uh, extremely unique. <laughs> that That's beyond unique. That's wow. I mean, I think when it first came out and everybody started hearing about it around like November in the States, I think me and my oldest sister caught it in December because she got sick for like two weeks. And then I got immediately got sick two weeks for two weeks after that. But we just thought it was just a common cold and a flu. And then into January, February and stuff like getting shut down. We was like, I think we probably had it because at the time, nobody was wearing masks. Nobody was. We just thought it was something. I mean, you, you know, you, you know, black folks, we was already washing our hands and using hand sanitizer. You know what I'm Anyways, saying? Anyways, like, right. Bleach with our dishes. Like, that's just uh, how we were raised. So. When they started coming out with these like extra, you know, sanitary precautions, I'm like, and I think that's what made me angry that mm. I had gotten sick because I was like, I am a germaphobe. Like mm. I literally will wash and bleach and and ammonia and and pine salt every day. Like mm. if I'm using something communal, like I'm taking my <clears throat> own cleaning stuff. When we were traveling, I take my own cleaning stuff, my own, you know, Lysol spray, disinfectant spray. That's just how I roll regularly. So I was kind of angry that I got sick because I was like, where, how, like when? Because I'm not going to call them my president, but the president wasn't telling people it was such an airborne thing that oh, you could just be doing this walking outside and it'll get in your body. And so that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that just affects people. But 
I think like for me, the biggest thing was how many people wasn't washing their hands, how many people wasn't cleaning themselves. Still, like, like, still. like I I was in this, what was I in? Costco's, yes, not Costco's, but uh Giant Eagle, and somebody had their mask right here. And they <laughs> and I'm just like, fam, it could stick in your point? nose. What is you doing? Like, if I had a business, you couldn't come in there unless it was over your nose. Plain and simple. I'm not letting no one in my establishment if you wasn't having your nose covered. Like people are wild out here, but what can we say and then you see like stuff that happened in columbus like they were storming the white house or the state house and then just yesterday they stormed the state house in oregon like having protests throwing like little pipe bombs and stuff like that i'm like because you have to wear a mask like really come on now those people want to be oppressed so bad you're taking away my my constitution my amendments my rights man put your mask on like everybody else we all in the same boat it ain't just you and that's the thing, like, we were ready for it to be over, where you couldn't be ready for it to be over because you all do the simplest things that is required for it to be over. It wouldn't be spreading like this if people was wearing their masks, like. And that's the thing, they're like, see how well masks are working. I'm like, uh, you gotta wear it first. Mm -hmm. Y'all won't even wear it. You won't even, it, it's not even a consideration. So whatever. I'm like, I'm yeah, whatever. I just yeah. need to hit the lottery real quick one time one so I can time. be out. Or I need to give me a sugar mama who want to trick off. You know, one of the two. I mean, it just <laughs> one of the two will work for me. I could I could handle either one. Yeah, but okay. So I don't think I want a sugar mama. Mm -hmm. I don't want a sugar mama, but mm -hmm. I do want to hit the lottery. You might want a sugar mama. She might she might do some things do for not. you. What? <laughs> oh man, so. You said 2006, so we met 14 years ago, and we talked yeah. about this the other day, so I'm going to let you explain it, because the way you explained it was different than how I remembered it. <laughs> so how, in your, from your greatest memory, how did we meet? Okay, so we were both working at the same company. Correct. Um, I remember you was kind of friends with somebody that I was kind of friends with. Okay. In, in my mind. And it okay. was almost like you picked the wrong dude like that's not the dude that you should be messing with okay um and we for i don't know how it came to be about the cable guy but that's <laughs> how it started i was like well i need my cable fixed or i need like a hookup or a cable or something like that and he was like you know i'm the cable guy i could hook you up and i was like bet but um <laughs> <laughs> and so then it just kind of started from there and then like I used to get the newspaper every day so I could read horoscopes and do the do the uh, word searches and, and you know do the crossword puzzles, and then all of a sudden, like you just took it upon yourself to start completing my puzzles. Mm. Like I was away from my desk when you was coming around doing your job, then I come back and words would be filled in, and I'm mm. like, okay, so you smart, okay, I see. <laughs> more than beats the eye little young buck <laughs> i remember okay so i remember you used to sit by the elevator all the way against that that back wall because you know they had you know did renovations while we were working there which was weird so <laughs> right me donald and vaughn and sometimes sean we used to all come down that elevator and you were right there in the corner like you said i don't remember who introduced us but the cable guy thing came about and I said that 
And that's how we used to just communicate when I walked past your desk. But that turned into like small talk to water cooler talk to full on conversations to realizing we kind of live close in proximity. And uh, uh, I was cool with your cousin Howard. By the way, how is Howard? <laughs> Howard is, he's good. He's got like three kids now. Hmm. Like his his oldest is in college. So. Wow. Wow. I know, right? Like, I mean, 14 years is 14 years. Like, it goes by really fast. Absolutely. Um, in this case, it certainly went by really, really fast. Because I, I can remember that place like it was yesterday. And, like, all of the shenanigans. Because, like, my whole family worked there. <laughs> Who else worked there? My cousin Brandy worked there. Oh, I remember. Br oh, my goodness. I tried to talk my, to Brandy. She right. Was nice my god sister Alicia worked there. Alicia who? What, what department was she in? There. She, I don't even remember which department now. But me um, and Brandy, we went to grade school together. I didn't okay. remember that. She remembered that. She was like, you don't remember me? You know me. I'm like, no, I don't remember you. She was like, we went to St. Francis together. I'm like, no, you didn't. She brought in the picture. I'm like, oh, that's you. We were <laughs> in the class picture together. So uh, I used when I was on Facebook, uh, I had saw she got married and she had a child. I think she had a girl or something like that. She got, well, she has a little girl. And she has a little boy. Nice, nice, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. So that's how you and I met. That's how our journey began. And then I don't remember how we started becoming friends outside of work. I just know we started becoming outside of work because you used to live in, was it Dorchester? Not Dorchester. Was that Dorchester? Loganberry. Loganberry. And then you moved into, into the house, into the house in Euclid. And then I moved in to the house in Euclid. And then we were literally two minutes up the street from each other. Right. We, were, we were for maybe like 10, 15 minutes apart to two minutes up the street from each other. And then I think uh, we talked about this the other day. I wasn't mentally mature enough to handle what we started going through, building our friendship and growing as individuals. Because like I said, you was already a mother, you had two kids, you were polished, you knew what you were looking for, you knew what you were trying to do. Not, I don't wanna say you knew what you were trying to do in life, but I knew you had an idea where you wanted to go in life. And me, I was still what, 14 years ago, I was what, 22? Were you that old? Oh my God. <laughs> I, feel, I don't know, I feel like you were like 19, but you might was, have been. Yeah, I was 22, 23. I had one child and I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was just still believing in that whole pimp mindset, be with the minis women's mindset, try to accumulate as much money from whatever you're doing and just have fun. Like I was in that, still in that playful mode. Like, But it was weird because I don't like, I don't remember you. I don't remember feeling like you were playing if that makes sense like right i probably hit had, it well you had a kid. yeah you did you had you know you had a kid or whatever i think we used to joke a lot or i used to joke with you a lot about how many weddings you were in and i'm like all of your friends are married like and everybody that you meet like is soon to be married so you're like the proverbial groomsmen and it's like, <laughs> it never like crossed your mind like that maybe you find yourself in these spaces and around these people, but that does not affect you like in the least. Nine times out of 10, you know, we are who we hang around. Mm -hmm. You're hanging around family men, you know, serious, you know, people with that are, you know, don't have commitment issues 
yet you're like the standalone. You are definitely like the exception to like all of those relationship rules. I remember this probably the most vividly out of everything that we probably discussed relationally. And that was you, I don't, I don't, I don't kiss. Mm. I don't kiss. Oh yeah, I remember those stages. Yeah, like my. Okay. And I was like, <laughs> no, oh, this ain't gonna work. So <laughs> let me explain something about back then. So back then, I think I had when we met. I may have been going on my second wedding. Maybe no, my second. Yeah, I had a. I had a. No, I want to say my first, first, maybe my first thing. I can't remember. My, my memory is horrible. But once we got past 2010, I started being in a lot of weddings. But so in my family, there's not a lot of marriage. So my, me growing up, marriage wasn't something that we even talked about, you know? So as I got older and I started just doing what my friends were doing, my single friends, they were just ripping and running. So I was ripping and running. I slowed down a little bit because I had a child. But once I realized me and my daughter's mother wasn't going to work out, I'm living by myself. I got to get it how I live. I kind of went back to those things. Like when my daughter's gone or somebody's watching my daughter, I'm in these streets. I'm in these streets heavy. I'm going to go to this bar. I'm going to go to this club. So my friends wasn't involved like that. So they weren't being passionate with women so I wasn't being passionate when I was still following I wasn't leading I didn't have any great examples you know what I'm saying um I never saw a man treat my mother right I never watched my father with my, uh, my stepmom so I didn't have any type of ideas my brother was doing his stuff he was in college in Providence Rhode Island my oldest brother was doing his thing so I didn't have any examples or anything so my examples were tv music and my friends so if my friends are doing it that's what I had to do so by the time me and you met I think in my mind I already perfected who I was and how I'm gonna move around and talk to women and that shit was whack but I wouldn't change it for nothing that's just who I was but fast forward to like 2010 2012 I had been in like four weddings then I started thinking like it's kind of weird people want me in their wedding, but that's okay. Like, I saw my best friend get married. I saw my cousin get married. I saw co-workers get married. I've been at all my homies' weddings. I'm like, I need to get it together. <laughs> I'm way behind everybody. Like, I'm way behind. But back, so let's go back in time. So me and you were talking and doing whatever we was doing. I liked you, but I didn't know how as a man to approach being in a relationship because i've never been in anything meaningful up until that point like at all and you were very uh upfront and dictating and no i'm not gonna go for that if you're not this is what i like if you're not willing to do that and i'm like willing to do that you know who you're talking to i i, I got many women i got five six dumbass women who will just oh be okay with that but you tried you I think if this mean you would happen later on in my life, I would have been more for it because I would have understood. I wasn't understanding what you were trying to teach me, but just explaining to me who you are as a woman. And I was just young. I'm 22, 23. I don't care about your woman tree, your, your womanhood, your, your go woman go. Like, I'm no, I'm still thinking about me. I'm still thinking with my other head. I'm still thinking like either you is or you ain't, you know, no. So that was my ignorance of maturing because I use it as an excuse. Well, I don't have no examples, so I could do whatever the hell I want. Like, so 
And nope. even though, like, I, you know, every, there's marriage in my family. They weren't, like, good marriages. Like, so it was, it still wasn't, like, anything. I think I was determined to have a marriage that they didn't have, if that makes sense. Like, if I was going to get married, like, I was going to get, you know, do it right. And then it was always, like, you know, this, this conversation, like, you have two kids and, who, you know, who's going, who's going to want to deal with you, you know, with two kids. So, even though to you it appeared like I, I knew what it was I wanted, I obviously didn't know what I wanted because I was messing around with people who, you know, didn't have that mindset. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't even matter like the age. They just were not there. They weren't ready um, to commit or they couldn't commit. And so it just kind of left me in this like weird little loop of, in that moment, in that space and time, like things that I was definitely attracted to was, you know, intelligence. Like if I can have a conversation with you, like that would trump everything. That would supersede everything else. And I figured if we could talk about it, we could work the rest of it out. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and I'm just, I was, I guess I was a little bit arrogant. I might still be in that area. Like I always had this thing, like, I'm I'm gonna make you love me. Um, that's <laughs> And, and I mean, and people do, they don't know why even they mm -hmm. do. And even if they try to fight against it, 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 it almost is like, it makes it worse for them. Mm -hmm. And it was like, ah, oh, why do you have to be so dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, I'm just being me. Like, and I think in whatever space I find myself, if I'm authentically me, like it's, it's something attractive about that you know I never you know I never even really considered myself to be like I knew I was smart but like in comparison to like my sister who's a doctor like I wasn't smart you know what I mean or like nobody looked at me as being smart nobody looked at me as being like you know creative the only thing that people like knew or in 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 the most minuscule ways celebrated about me was the fact that I could sing but that, that like pretty much was it. So like any attention that I got from anybody was almost shocking. Like, mm. I ain't got nothing. See, I ain't got nothing going on. I didn't know you could sing for a long period of time. I heard you sing before, but I didn't know you could sing until we just started talking about things like that. But I want to touch on something you just said. Mm. Once I realized that if you just be honest and be yourself, you what's the what's the saying you catch more flies or honey whatever that dumb shit is that's exactly what happened for me like because i've been spending most of my teenage and my early 20s trying to just fit in and be like everybody else and that shit was working but i was still by myself i still ended up alone but once i got older i'm like mid-20s going towards my 30s i'm like man this shit is exhausting like i have to lie remember to lie i'm juggling women like this shit is dumb like just be yourself and whoever you end up with is whoever you end up with. And so you write about that. And you know how I'm, you know, I have a big ego. My ego comes in the door before me, but you know, I can put it in my pocket if necessary. But I don't yeah, think but, okay, but I get but it I, I and, and then I think that's another thing like men period don't understand is like we really are attracted to confidence, you know what I'm saying? Not not arrogance confidence like if you know who you are know what you want know where you want to go like oh my gosh like 
that it ain't even it's not even game you know what i'm saying it's like you don't have to have game you don't have to have like a gimmick or a hook or whatever just like yeah i got i got my mind together and i know sometimes it takes a minute for your mind and your your body to align right but like i said if you got it up here and we could talk about it then we can figure out you know the steps to get there and I've always been like that type of person, like, oh, this is what you want to do? All right, bet. Let's put a plan together. Let's let's make it rock. But people don't appreciate that mm-hmm. either. Right. They're like, well, you trying to, you know, boss me around or do da 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 woo woo. And I'm like, no, this is what you said you want to do for your life. I'm just like, I'm in my lane mm-hmm. at that. Point. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're if you're if you're just talking and you're not ready for action. Of course, that's gonna be intimidating too. So I have in- encountered a lot of that. Like you just you too much, basically. You too much. You doing too much. Just you know, lay down and you know. Do <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah nah, I, I'm cool with that. I agree with you wholeheartedly about everything you said because at my tender age of 36, I. I, I just told this 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 lady this the other day. I'm the most simplest ever been in my requirements from a woman. Like I want two things. You're honest and you truly want to spend time with me. I could take care of everything else. Cause I could cook. I got a good conversation. I'm spontaneous. I like to I like to go out to eat. I like to go travel. Like it, you either go get along, you know, want to do those things or come along or you know, you could just go back to do what you was doing. Like, I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. I'm not going to ask you questions a bunch of times. So That's chase, though. I might, you might need to chase a little bit. It's a di- See, this is the difference between chasing and making me run after you. I'll chase you and show you that I want to date you and I like you and I appreciate you. You will pursue. Right, you right. Will. But I'm not going to be, you don't like me and I'm going to be like, okay, but let me just take you out one more time. No, I'm not going to do that. You oh, know. no, no, no. Oh, not that. Oh, I'm not saying that. Right. Okay. So, so our XLS days are behind us and we're friends and we're not. And then I discover your talent. Like you said, you are a great singer. And I already knew you as a person. I already worked with you. We had already uh, messed around and talked for a little bit. But I was like, you can sing? And that's when I was starting to get really learning about music a little bit. And then you was like, yeah. And I do poetry. I'm like, wait a minute. That don't go hand in hand, don't it? Like, people don't sing and do poetry. It's or or either. And I'm like... Poetry, man. So... I was just so amazed by that. And then uh, I started hearing you sing. You started, we used to talk about doing things together in your work. And then my fondness for you as just, as a black woman who had all these talents, because to me, you were smart because at my age, I wasn't talking to anyone who had the things like that, that you were doing. And so let's just talk about winning you, when you knew you can sing for real, not like, okay, I can sing a song, but when you knew you could sing for real and like you started wanting to do poetry, like when did that come about for you? So I, I literally have sang my whole life, like literally. Um, my grandmother says that I was humming and singing before I could talk. Mm. So like I came in this world singing um writing 
I'm going to say like around age, like eight or nine, like my mom used to give me um, poetry books. And maybe even earlier than that, like she had a friend that she was dating at the time when I was really young, who, who was a writer. And he, Cleveland used to put out these anthologies like back in the like late seventies, early eighties. Okay. And so I still have those books now. As a matter of fact, um, where this guy was writing, but because her and I's relationship was, you know, very strained, um, she didn't necessarily know how to talk to me, um, and she wasn't really interested in me talking to her, and so she gave me a pen and a pad, and she said, "Write it down." And so I have been writing literally ever since. Um, when did I know I could really say, I don't know, I don't know, because I always, like, I, I would always, like, read the crowd, you know, I would always, like, look at people's reactions to what was coming out of me, but it never made sense to me, um, because I'm like, singers are a dime a dozen, right, like, every, every two people you meet can probably sing, um, so I didn't feel, like, special. Um, or anything like that um but it wasn't until I was like really grown like uh, maybe like 38 (laughs) and I was at the b-side and a friend of mine's sister had passed away well this is the second instance this this instance I was at the b-side friend of mine's um he was hosting at the time actually and his sister had passed away and, you know, people were like, get on the mic, get on the mic, get on the mic. And I was like, I really didn't have anything like prepared to like perform. And I got on the mic and I literally wasn't even like singing words. Like I was just flowing with the music, doing like oohs and ahs. And every now and then, like a phrase would come out that I would repeat. And it got quiet. Like it was a hush, like over the crowd. And then like, and I kind of like, I remember my eyes being closed because I was always so scary too. I like people looking at me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, my eyes closed. I was just in tune with the music. When I looked up, everybody was just like staring at me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And they were like, what What happened? What, what did you just do? And when I went, you know, on the back with my friend, he was just like, tears was just streaming down his face um the second or the first time that I you know ever saying for real like at an open mic um again another another death had happened um and this guy was was Muslim and it was about maybe a couple months later his brother had found me because he was coming to the open mic his brother found me he was like yeah remember that time you you know you sang in my you know my my family's uh, service and I was like yeah he was like well my brother converted um to Christianity and he was like it was because you sang this song he heard you he's heard me sing at the open mic and asked me to sing at the funeral and then oh, wow. he was like, after that he was like I converted to Christianity after hearing you sing that was powerful to me so it was like at that time I was like I mean I, I always knew that it was like a gift you know and it was ministry gift but I didn't really understand like the power and in in honoring you know what I'm saying like that and so that's why when like people ask me I'm like I'm careful 
about when and where and how I use it because I know the power that it wields. And I don't want to like dishonor it in any way because there was a point that I almost lost it. And that was like in 2010, I had surgery on my spine and they were like, I would probably never speak normally again. So let alone sing. So I was just like, whew, that's heavy. And at that time, I was like real arrogant. Like I didn't even want to sing. I was just like, people were like, oh, you want to do this? And I was like, no. Like I was super arrogant. I was just super like, and nobody got time. <laughs> like it's mine. I do what I want with it. You can't have it if I don't want you to. No. Now it's just like, oh God, I can't imagine like knowing now like that people are affected to that degree. So that's that. Let me say something before I address everything <laughs> you just said. Let me say something to you. Um, I do remember you having surgery. Um, the funny things about God-given talents or gifts is sometimes we don't understand that they're God-given talents or gifts. You just think, like you said, it's a dime a dozen. Everyone can sing. But until something like, someone converts from one religion to another religion, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely touched by angels. We're all touched by angels, but sometimes you watch somebody play a sport and you'd be like, yeah, you can tell that person work hard. Then the other person, they're playing effortless, effort, effortlessly. And you'd be like, man, that's God-given abilities. And you know, I don't have any God-given abilities Why? that I know of, that I know of. Why? I know... I just, I take things for different things. But however, I do know that one of the things I can do is I can impact somebody's life by being in their life and being myself. Like, I'm not saying that's a God-given ability. That's just something I know about myself. So I've never, ever, 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 ever in my life made someone in the drastic measures of what you did change from one religion to another. And I've always told you this, like, your your singing belongs on shelves or streaming charts and stuff like that because you have that gift and one day the world is gonna know what i know and what your husband know and the people that see you at these poetry slams know and now that you're unbelievably humbled and want to do it in the way that's best for you and not best for what for somebody thinks for you it's it's gonna be amazing now, back to what you said about everything. I had no idea that uh, that's how your first time happened for you. In my mind, I just thought, like, you just went up on stage. It's like, yo, I got some words I want to say. Like, maybe, like, I thought, like, maybe you had a kind of, like, a Love Jones thing and you was on stage. No, I had no idea it was, like, a, a scary thing. But that's how most things happen in life. Like, I'm nervous. I'm going I'm to close my eyes type of person, too. Like, I don't want people to stare at me when I'm doing things. <laughs> So like before I even did this, I had to talk to myself in my bed. I was laying in my bed. I'm like, you just got to do it. You can't worry about what somebody thinks about how you sound, or how you look. Cause I know sometimes I talk, I go, and I'll be trying to catch myself <laughs> from doing that. So, so yeah, like I, I'm, I'm there with you. So I'm glad I asked you that and found out that backstory about you. So let's transition to transition into what this podcast is about because I we can talk all day about what we just talked about. But so it's called Conversation with the Cancer. And I'm trying to figure out why some women think I am such a cancer. And 
I'm cancerous or whatever that comes with, but I'm learning. Um, someone uh, just told me something the other day and I'm like, man, I've only known you 24 hours and you kind of just knew everything that I just start to learn about a cancer. And she was like, was that going to be your podcast? I said, no, cause you're not on it. So in your experience, male or female, what is your experience with people who are cancers? Now, here's the irony. My favorite is cousin. She's cancer. So, I, you know, I grew up with her. But, God, she, like, to me, she seemed fearless. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was, she was always emotional, cry at the drop of a hat, give you anything. But she had this confidence about her that I never had. Um, she, you know, we all, we always had like this colorism thing in our family and she was like really, really chocolate and, but her skin was flawless, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it never, it never seemed to bother her, you know, like it bothered me to be darker than the rest of my family. So, uh, she, I mean, just anything like people just gravitated towards her. Like she, she she was popular, she was pretty, you know, she could dance, um, she couldn't sing, but she could dance, <laughs> and so it was just like, yeah, I always wanted to be around her, like, I always wanted to be around her, she was like my favorite cousin, we had, like, the best, uh, time together, um, now cancer men, like, I didn't even realize until, like, the other day that, another um person that I know from the poetry world was even in cancer what I know about him is oh my gosh he now he he gets some of my nerves I, <laughs> like he I have boundary I have like stiff boundaries for him because he's a person he crosses every single boundary that you set and it's like all fun and games for him um but to me sometimes it's just like okay you're old enough to know now, like when someone says they're not comfortable with X, Y, and Z, don't do that. Like, like why, like, why are you gonna try to make me or force me to to subscribe to your shenanigans? Like, I'm not, I'm not here for it. Um, and so outside of him and and you, like, that's the only people I am aware of. Mm -hmm. that are cancers that I know of personally and so my experiences have been very very limited but um like how you describe yourself is is not how like I saw you though mm -hmm. like so that's weird like I knew you were emotional but I also knew you didn't want nobody to know you was emotional I have fully embraced my emotional side now <laughs> I, I have no problem being emotional now <laughs> yeah so I was like so I was just like I want to say you were clingy, but you had clingy tendencies. Okay. Um, and and I just again attributed that more to our age difference. Okay. Um, because I I can be very motherly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's easy for men to just kind of fall into, especially if that's not something that they had growing up. You know. Like, ooh, take care of me, hug me. It's okay to it's okay to be emotional. It's a safe space. Like I get to be 
these things I'm not normally, you know, able to be. Um, but then there's like a stubbornness um, that goes. So it's like a weird, a weird little balance of like this being emotional, but also being stubborn um, and being, you know, about what what you want and 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 whining when you don't get it. <clears throat> so those are my my limited experiences. So I'm what three years <laughs> into therapy. I have a therapist. And one thing I can say about therapy is I'm not a stubborn person anymore. I'm not a hard-headed individual anymore. I'm not a my truth or no truth at all type of person anymore. My my therapist helped me see gray areas. So I understand exactly what you mean by my stubbornness for a long time. My thing was, oh, we mad at each other. I'm going to kill you with silence and I'll talk to you at all and drive you crazy because you're not getting any type of communication. So I have something I worked on and wanted to be better at as an individual, as a man, as a person, as a father. And so I got better at it just through listening to some random uh white man tell me about myself like I just <laughs> had no idea these things were going on and so I became a better person but one thing I have learned about being a cancer is the number one thing is we are emotional we're loyal and we love hard are those things that are me absolutely that's because that was the way I was raised we were family oriented we went to church and that's what things was so that is a part of me but as a as a grown man there are some things that people say cancers are that i don't recognize in myself and there are things like you just explained that i absolutely recognize in myself so i'm trying to just realize these things and accept the things people tell me so i can real you know identify if those things are part of who i am now so you're definitely but i think that's part of like tracking and tracing yourself right because mm -hmm. i mean I can tell you X, Y, and Z, but that might not necessarily be true. Like that might not be your pattern with everybody. That's just how we interact for whatever reason. And so you can still take what people say with a grain of salt and then just kind of measure it up against your life and then be like, well, no, that ain't true. <laughs> like, you know, and keep it moving. Um, and not true in the sense of that's normally who I am. I might be that in this space, but that's not like that's not me every day, um, all day. Um, and it's funny because I'm like when I used to do, you know, like I said, the horoscopes and charting and all of that stuff. It was like, yeah, I would never, ever, ever be compatible with a cancer. Like, and so mm. it would, it would, it would be those things. Like if I heard it first. I probably, you know, wouldn't have even had the conversation. Right. Like it would have already been in my mind, like this is not gonna work. So <laughs> it's gonna be wasting my time here. So let um, me let me ask you this. Do you believe that if it says two signs can't be compatible, that they won't be compatible? Not now, because really I don't even subscribe to that thinking at all. Mm -hmm. Um it's always gonna come down to me about how open and honest you are. Like Again, if we can talk about it, we can work it out, <laughs> whatever it is. And sometimes, yeah, I think with certain people, and again, this doesn't have nothing to do with a sign per se, but more so, I think it's more how you were raised, like the whole nature versus nurture thing. 
Um, if you are raised a certain way, it doesn't even matter what sign you are, you're just going to gravitate towards certain things or responding or reacting a certain way because that's just your pattern, how you were raised. So yeah, for me now, like in my mature state, it's just about communication. Like how we, how we gonna work this out? How we gonna get past this? What are we gonna put in place to, to not get stuck here if, you know, something, you know, happens, blows up or whatever, we have a disagreement or an argument. I agree. I agree. I just told my friend this last night on the phone because we were talking about like white privilege and things. I'm saying like some people were raised to be racist and feel like feel entitled and privileged. So that's all they know. Even when they get in the real world, they don't care about what the actuality is. It's just like, no, this is what I know from the way I was raised. I'm not trying to learn nothing new, you know. And then there's those people who are raised poor or lack thereof of things and then they get in the real world and they see oh there's other people like me but they're persevering they're overcoming and they're just working hard so that's what i'm gonna do you know so like i said i've never seen a man treat my mother well not to say my mother had bad relationships i'm just saying my mother never brought that around so i never got to see it so i didn't know how to treat well my mother just always told me things like walk women to the to their doors open cars doors open doors let them sit down first so i still do that stuff so it's the way i was raised so that's just how it was but so i found out something new about you about four or five days ago uh, you told me that you are making things that I had no idea you were making. Like, I didn't know that we both have love for essential oils, but that makes sense because you do poetry and that, you know, most poetry Whatever, people are essential man. oils. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just imagine everybody's energy and they were like, yeah, you know, but anyway. And then you make you make lotions and soaps, right? Well, you make soaps or just lotions? I don't, I don't make soaps or candles or anything like that but i do um whip shea butters shea with, butters yeah the shea butters man like in the carolinas when i was living down there like that was like it like that was everybody was like natural and black and bliggity bliggity black like mm -hmm. and it was so much love for like who you are and trying to bring back you know that love for self and culture and cultivating you know, community through, through your arts and through your gifts. And so, <clears throat> yeah, like, and again, that came out of a necessity, right? Mm -hmm. um, we moved. So the person my husband used to get it from, like, he couldn't get back in touch with her. So he was like, you need to figure out how to do this. And I was like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. Like my creativity lies in like vocal ability you know, I write some poems and books and stuff, but I don't know if my hands can really do anything else. So it's taken me about three years <laughs> to get uh, to a place where I kind of know what it is I want to do, how I do it, um, the best things to use, um, which I mean, because even all shape, because it's natural, right? So it has variances. And so you can't always dictate like when you get a shipment, what you gonna be working with. So, and then, you know, now consistency with just mail period makes everything so much harder than it was. I hate COVID, it needs to go away. Absolutely. But I finally, you know, found the products that I like, the oils that I like, the the fragrances that that last and, you know, and here's the, here's a caveat though about that. I get migraines. 
So when I whip shea butter, like know it's a labor of love. Know <laughs> that I am causing myself pain and anguish when I feel an order. Wow. Because I could be put down for weeks because of all the fragrance. Um, so I had thought about like not even doing it no more because I was like, it's just so hard on me. And then somebody had put up a testimonial or somebody, you know, like order ridiculously large amounts <clears throat> for the sole purpose of helping me, you know, like get my name out there and uh, helping me market. And it's like, okay, I can't, you know, really give this up. Um, so yeah. That's how that that's how that happened. So do you think wearing a mask will help with the, the fumes in your like getting in you? Or is it just period like regardless, you just go and inhale them fumes and you're gonna just Well, I gotta I gotta <clears throat> it's almost like a test, right? Because even though I, I have my measurements and I have my formula, again, because of how potent the shea butter might be, I might need to add more or add less. So I always have to smell it. Now there's like a trick to that too, because you got to have like coffee grounds to kind of cleanse your palate. Oh. So in between different fragrances, I have to cleanse my palate, sniff the coffee grounds, and then kind of like start from scratch. But like even thinking about it now, like the recall of certain oils, certain fragrances, I'm like, <laughs> but it, it's so therapeutic like to do like I turn on my music I'm in the kitchen I'm singing you know so it's it's like for real like love like when people cook you know what I'm saying like you can feel you can taste love in somebody's food or you can mm -hmm. see the love when they present it to you to eat like all these senses they translate you know from one thing to another and I think that's when people are like well what's so different about yours I'm like, I don't know how other people prepare things, but I think spirits are transferable, right? So when you get my butter, if if you feel something, if you're emoting a certain way, mm -hmm. I feel like it's been infused in the butter as well. Like that's just as important as the ingredients that I'm mixing. Like it is the main ingredient, like the love that I have, like somebody thought enough about me to want to purchase something from me. So let me be mindful of what they may need. I might even pray over, you know, the butter. Um, Cause I don't, you know, I don't know, but I feel like if, if God's spirit is in me and I can infuse it, then you, you're going to get what you need out of this butter. And you don't even know that you necessarily needed it, but God knew you came to me. I prayed over it and now you have use of it. Okay. That makes so sense. I, yeah, so you know, all things I, I do look for God in all things now because I realize how many people don't, and then I look at the state of the world, <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is the little bit. This is the little bit I can contribute, right? Right. I can be. Well, I can. I can be mindful not to be mean or nasty to people. I can be mindful, you know, to to. You had a bad day, so you, you're projecting onto me, but I don't have to respond to that. I can respond. I'm control. I'm in control of my own energy, so I can I can respond in a in a peaceful, pleasant way. 
So your interaction with me is going to be good, whether you think it is or not. Gotcha. So real quick, I have a really funny story about cleansing your palate. Once upon a time, I had got invited to be a food tester for Stouffer's. So I'm like, shit, I like to eat. I like to eat stuff from macaroni. This I like the good job. And you're going to pay me for it. So I get there. It's like 20 of us. I'm like, shit, I thought it was just a test for me. But anyway, <laughs> so they give you a bunch of different stuff to try. And then they give you a cup of water to cleanse your palate. Now at that time, I'm just, I'm, I'm younger. I'm stubborn. I'm, I think I'm fly shit. I'm like, I don't need no fucking water. Like I'm just going to taste something. I'm going to tell you if it's mild, if it's hot, if it's whatever. And I'm going to pass. This was flying colors. Not only did I not pass, they didn't even call me and tell me I failed. I called them. They was like, oh, yeah, we don't even want you. So, like, when I heard you say cleanse your palate, I'm like, oh, shit, that made me think of all I had to do was sip some water. Maybe I would have been a better taste tester. But that's a that's something I never heard of, like smelling some coffee to cleanse your palate. Because I'm pretty sure that just. That's and just it was, yeah. And like so you could use coffee so like if you go into oil stores they usually have a can of coffee for you to be able to smell really yeah um when people was open um <laughs> just like okay like when you eat sushi you eat sushi i don't know no, i don't eat sushi okay i'm sorry for you but when you eat sushi <laughs> they put ginger on on your plate for the same reason ginger will cleanse your palate so in between different types of sushi you could get the full flavor of each new roll when you eat it. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're talking food now, you know my my tennis up. So ginger is a way to refresh yourself in between eating different types of sushi. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm going to definitely do my Googles on ginger because I thought I knew a lot about ginger. I didn't know that. Oh, I love ginger. So yeah, pickled ginger, when they put it in your plate, that's the reason that they put it. So you can cleanse your palate in between each each dish that you eat. Mm, I did not know that. I didn't get this big not eating food. So one more thing. <laughs> oh bad. So how I want to say that so you you started making these things out of necessity because you couldn't get them anymore. And right. then you started selling them making things and then you thought about stopping because of what it was doing to you physically with migraines and then people's goodwill and you know god's blessings kept you could have you continue to stay on this journey of this um i don't think you can quit until i put my order in so then (laughs) (laughs) it was like the people that know like no and like recently i had like this whole hacking situation so I had to figure out a new way to not shut the page down and and still be able so it was it's it's been a week okay but I'm good now I got myself together again um this morning so I was like I got you PayPal I don't have to use you Woo-hoo. so let's just let's just put out a, a hippopotamus so say <laughs> Your music and your poetry takes off, but people still want your your homemade abilities. Are you going to give one up for the other, or do you think you can do all things? And I think I, I can I can I can juggle that because the beauty the beauty of of inventory is like I said me me working you know enough to know how, what my shelf life is right. 
And so I had scaled back too, because I think I had, I was just leaving it open for like everything, but I scaled back to like four, um, four, four fragrances that I know for sure. One has a very long shelf life. And then two, like I can, I can pre-make. So like, I'll take a day and then I'll just make everything up. And then as orders come in, I can just ship them out. Um, so, and you know, singing or writing or if when the world opens back up, like, you know, being able to, to travel and, and, and to tour and do all those things. Like, I guess I would have to cross that bridge, you know, when I get to it. Um, but right now, like as a creative, I am learning that, um, you stay alive by creating. And then I think you have to expand. Like, I don't think like, oh, I, I just know how to sing like is enough. I think you have to go a little bit deeper and a little bit further. Like what all can you do with your voice? Like what what different things can you put out? Um, in what ways can you grow um, and even mature in that? Um, and so even now, like how I sound now, totally different than how I sounded a year ago or two years ago or 10 years ago um or how I even approach it is different right because I so my whole stage name was snippets because I used to be afraid to do like a whole song or a whole poem it would be like the 90 second ver Apollo version and <laughs> that's it I'm gonna like hit you in the mouth real quick and then I'm gonna be gone like you're not gonna see me no more until next week so first round knockout and you was out of there. Yeah, that's it. That's all you're getting. <laughs> but I love recording though. Like I love, love, like it's weird. Like I love being on stage, but I love recording more. I love being in the studio more. Okay. I mean, <laughs> we talked about that a couple of days ago. We're gonna get your home studio all the way active. I need you to we're gonna have to get your computer fixed again ASAP because I'm gonna get you all the way together. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm scared to touch that boy now. I'm like, every time I look at it, I'll be like, mm -mm. Mm -mm. that hack was, that hack was traumatic, man. I'm like, I got money stole from me. Like, your identity, your money, your, like, everything, and people just sitting there looking at you like, oh, that was your fault. And I'm like, how? Like, I don't even have access to these things, and you telling me, like, I can't get my money back? I'm like, nah, bruh. I'm good I on technology right now. I am going to, uh, I'm going to get you together. Once you get your computer fixed, I'm going to put the stuff that's on my computer or your computer, like to prevent those things. Cause yeah. I have great virus and malware stuff on my computer that doesn't allow that stuff to get to me. Like it won't and even. I just want a Mac now. Like I don't even want to deal with another Ooh, PC. I don't even know how to mess with Macs. I'm, I'm a team HP. My desktop and my laptop is HP. I don't I, I mess love with HP. It. Don't get me wrong. Like I can, I can work at HP like with my eyes closed. Like, okay, I got you. It does take a little bit more brain power to well, use a Mac. Yeah. yeah. Mac, but like, I ain't got to worry about that though. Like, and the thing is, I guess because I gave it to a computer guy, so to speak, and so money's speak. exchanged, so to speak, like, why did my computer not even have that one when I got it back? Like, that's computer one on one, bro. Yeah, as soon as I hit the internet, they were like, snatch, 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 snatch. I was like, 
there's a lot of people who knows how to make your computer run and there's people who know how to make your computer operate you know so i know how to you know i know how to make my computer run and operate but i have a computer guy and i talk to him every day uh, when something goes wrong and he'll tell me how or he'll be like give me your external i'll put it on there you can put it on your computer so don't worry i got you in the future don't worry i got you when you even when you get your your mac he's a mac guy he just know how to operate on pc so i got you so we're getting ready to leave this i don't want to say dreadful but 2020 has been a very very tough year and we're going into 2021 what are your goals for 2021? Like, do you have any goals or do you just want to get to 2021 and figure it out? Yeah. No, I definitely got plans um, in place for 2021. Um, getting back to this writing. Heavy, 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 heavy. Um, and then like just getting back to the core of me, like that creation piece that I was talking about. Um, um, and not letting the technology of it like intimidate me anymore um certain things that I'm I'm definitely gonna put myself in the space to learn um about technology because I just think it's just way past time for me to 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 have access I think that's what 2021 is for me is access Mm -hmm. um have tools, I have the knowledge. Now I just need to access it and, and really put it into put it into play. I'm definitely working on um some projects. Um so by the end, I want to say by mid mid 2021, these projects will be be done and up and out for the public's consumption. And um yeah I'm just gonna be my my creative self. In all of my glory. I could dig that. I could dig that. I, I am excited to hear whatever you're writing and working on. And I told you a couple of days ago, I got stuff for you. I need to start sending you things. But um, once I'm done, you know, editing this, I would definitely send you some stuff. Um, I got some. I think I got some things I think you may like. I don't know what your vibe is currently at this moment. So we'll we'll figure Nobody it out. Nobody knows. Like, I don't even know what my vibe is. Because can I tell you, the other producer that I, you know, have sent me some stuff, I sent it all back. I was like, once I got home and listened to it, I was like, nah, that ain't it. That ain't and he it. was confused and a little bit frustrated. And I was like, I'm sorry. But yeah, like listening to it there with you, because I'm talking to you and it's kind of like in the background and like I'm vibing to it. Mm-hmm. But we was talking about some different things. It was, at, it was atmosphere. Yeah. Right. Right. But to create to and to put out for myself, I'm like, nah, that's not really it. Um, it's going to be a challenge for me. And I'll tell you why, because I've never really explored the space of writing or creating from a content place where there wasn't like trauma or turmoil or, you know, drama happening in my life. So this will be a really interesting uh development um to see what comes out of me now that I'm in like a good like a good space I'll I'll say a stable space like yeah my life is toe up still (laughs) but I'm not toe up because my life is toe up like I'm just kind of looking at the construction like you know pretty soon something else will be in this place yeah this building was torn down but I got blueprint for something else to build in this space so it's 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 just looking at the rubble right now mm-hmm. like and you know being able to call in people to haul it out so then i can level the ground 
and start building again. I uh I understand completely what you mean by atmosphere and a uh, vibe. Actually, my vibe right now is like '80s cocaine music, <laughs> but like I've been making some stuff like that, and I'm like, man, I don't know if people are gonna like this, but I'm gonna put it out eventually. Um, uh, I said next year I'm gonna put something out on DistroKid, just all instrumental. And I was going to call it Mission Impossible, but I'm scrapping that because I just, I keep moving on to other things. And so I think this 80s stuff that I've been working on is what I'm going to put out. But however, I think 2021 is your year because from just hearing you say like you writing from a different place that's not trauma, like that's how I like Mary J. Blige music or Keisha Cole, like if they ain't trauma, I want to hear you happy. Like, not that I don't want you to be happy. But your music sounds better when you're upset and you're angry, like Jasmine Sullivan singing about busting windows out your car. I like that type of music, you know, so. Well, and it's easy. I think that's easy. I think that's low level fruit, right? It's easy to write in that place because you initially you want it out of you. So that's mm-hmm. why you write in the way you write. And it's dope because it's you, you're not monitoring what you're saying. You're just pouring, pouring, pouring. I think when we're happy, we think too much. You know what I'm saying? We get in our heads too much because now we're like, oh my God, I'm happy. I don't know how people are going. <laughs> oh my God, nobody likes happy people. Like happy people are annoying. Like no one wants that. You're so, more, par- more particular when you think because you want to write about more particular things that made you happy as, as part of, I'm so angry. I wanted to drive your car 90 miles per hour and I hope you got hit by, you know, so. And every, it's like it. almost everybody can relate to those emotions. Not everybody can relate to being happy and being in a safe space and, and being in a, you know, and productive and, 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 and wanting to contri- contribute positivity. Like people don't naturally like gravitate towards that. It's sad that we don't. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, people hate me right now. Cause I'm like, I always got like something positive to say when that didn't used to be me. So like, if you haven't been around me in a long time, if you're used to me, just, you know, moping around, whining, complaining, being down, you know, in the dumps and being depressed. Like, that's just not me anymore. Like, (laughs) I got, I'm going to find something good in it. I'm going to. You got to. I have to. You got to. Because it's too much of the stuff. So I don't, that's not going to benefit me anymore. Where I'm going is not going to benefit me. I live in in in, in a space in my life where I do exactly what I want every day. And because of that, I'm more happier than I've ever been. And I don't believe in bad vibes or bring, letting people be negative in my space. You're not going to ruin how I feel or tell me something to bring that down. I believe in good space, good energy. So I'm all for that, like every day. Like you said, you try to find God at everything. I take God with me everywhere I go. Like, you know, I'm not a religious person, but I take God everywhere with me I go. So uh i try to stay in that in that pocket all the time and if i get out of pocket i'm not a nice person i already don't think i'm a nice person but don't get me out of pocket because i'll let you know but so i try to always stay in that space so but i definitely think 2021 is your year i just think like your flower is at not maximum blossom but it's it's blooming like everybody can see it walking on the street flying driving they see that that bloom so I can't wait. Like you're doing so much. So, and you know, I just found out you back in Ohio. So, you know, I'm really about to drive you crazy. Like, oh, listen, please drive me crazy. Drive me crazy in the best possible 
way. Hey, don't uh, wait till I find out where you live. I'm gonna be pulling up all my stuff know. with me too. Well, um, no, for real. Like, come on. That's that's the thing I hate about like people in Cleveland. Like, when you come back here, I'm like, it's the same two-hour drive. I have family in Columbus. But, you know, where you at, that's not far from anyway. And plus, y'all closer to Lee's Chicken. So uh, I'm about that life. <laughs> I need some chicken in my life. Yeah, so we definitely. Oh, yeah, I got to find it because I need chicken in my life. You never had Lee's Chicken? No. I always have to, like, go to the hood. Oh, when I used to live in Springfield, Ohio, my sister's like, we're going to go get some Lee's chicken. And this is what's, it's, I've never heard this place, so I moved to Springfield, Ohio. This is the best original recipe chicken I ever had in my life, fast food chain-wise. It's better mm -hmm. than Popeye's, better than KFC. Uh, wherever you go to drive through to get some chicken, I will put, I think it's better than Chick-fil-A. But they don't have original recipe. They just got them great nuggets. But oh, look, I don't even eat Chick Fil A, so Lee's is already gonna be better when I taste it. When I try it, you real disrespectful to Chick Fil A. It's gentrified chicken. I don't like that. What? <laughs> Chick Fil A is gentrified. <laughs> like it's okay. Okay, let me tell you though. When I stopped eating Chick-fil-A is when they got rid of, and this is going to really sound the most gentrified ever, so I will just forewarn with that, was when they got rid of the carrot salad. When they got rid of the carrot slaw, I was like, that's it for Chick-fil-A. I can't do it anymore. I never known them to have a carrot slaw. I, did, I was Man, only... they had this, listen, and this is the most Karen slaw ever. So, it was <laughs> carrots, it was raisins. <laughs> And they took it off the menu. I'm like. A carrot slaw, man. I just, you, you hear, that's hilarious. Um, I don't even go chick fil a Be like, bring back the carrots. They bring back the carrot slaw. I'm good on Chick-fil-A. We can roll again. We can rock again. Now, I do smash their little lemon freeze drinks. Whatever that's, what I, that's what I went for. Uh, was for their chicken and their lemonade. That lemonade is out of this world. That lemonade yeah out of this world so that's where i live that's the space that i live in now my son can eat chick-fil-a every day i'm like bruh you working just to eat at chick-fil-a you might as well go work at chick-fil-a might as well might as well how is aaron doing aaron <laughs> is this older it? now wait oh it's not coming in it's not coming in it's right i'm like i can't see that what's that Hold on, let's try this now. Mm. Oh, it's not working. It's not. It's, I can't see that. You can't see it. Well, what is it? What is this? It's their coleslaw. Uh oh. They said they got rid of it to make room for superfoods like broccolini and kale. But it's carrots. Like it's already its own superfood. But it's in a mayonnaise base, so that's not really us. <laughs> They can do a veganese, veganese. They could, but if it, I'm, I'm telling them to bring it back with veganese. <laughs> they they bring them a flubbing. You need to get a petition signed to get it yeah, back. All you need is a hundred thousand signatures, and they got to pay attention to it. All right, I'm about to start a move on. Get get, get the movement. Bring back the Karen Slaw. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. So, 
So let's, let me uh, wrap this up so I don't take up too much of your time. So, you know, one thing I'm proud of with doing this podcast is I get to talk to people that I really enjoy talking to and the conversations we have leading up and to this point in my life or in our time and our friendships. And I just appreciate all of you. And I really appreciate you because you and I have a great history. We don't have a, a hatred history or a time period where I was like, yeah, I just can't talk to you. Like, you know, your life is amazing. The story you told me the other day about how y'all got married. I was just like, woo. So, and I know your kids and I think I've met your husband before, right? I've met him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe once. Maybe Maybe once. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'll (laughs) meet him. Um, so I'm just I'm just grateful for you and our friendship and the things that we have in common and the things we discuss because it's just it's gotten better. It's just man, the things we tell each other. But I'm just happy and I'm I'm excited for your growth and I can't wait to see what what's next for you. I can't wait to just watch as a fan or be a part of. Just you know me, whatever you need, I got you. And uh, I just love you and I just appreciate you and I thank you for coming on and I will plug your ig page we'll put that up when this comes out and uh we need to get busy on this on the on the music when you're ready i know that we need to get busy on that um and i'm glad that you're closer um i'm actually trying to go to north carolina next week but the ticket price went up so i think i'm about to fall back wow yeah when i first looked at it it was really it was like 150 140 but when i just looked at it yesterday it was like 250 i'm like yeah, I I think, yeah. it's closer yeah so i think i'm about to fall back but yeah man, we got a lot to do in a, in yep. a nice period of time so i just want to thank you for coming on thank and uh and, sh- and tell everybody what the name of your company is the name is called buttered b-u-t-t-e-r-e-d on IG is Are You Butter? On Facebook is Are You Butter? But don't go to Facebook because I don't have access to it no more. <laughs> so just go to the IG page, Are You Buttered? And uh, the website is www.areyoubuttered.bigcartel.com. All right. So I would just like to thank you for coming on Conversation with a Cancer. And before I get out here, I say the same thing every time I leave. And I just want to make sure you understand it. Eat more chicken. Eat more chicken. Eat more chicken. So thank you. And I love you. And I will talk to you very soon. Love you too. Bye.